We'll do it live! Fuck it! Live from Del Boca Vista Studios in Natick, Massachusetts. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Three of Boston's best self-medicated sports analysts. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring you... Try to help you young guys in this profession you've chosen. It's one or two steps above prostitution. Off the wagon. Speak into the mic. Bitch. Now, say my name. I am a gift guy to the constant loop. Constant loop. The loop of poop. Goddamn right. I'm cutting in real quick, pal. Usually I let you start. Great intro this week, Carl. I love the Game of Thrones <laughs> reference. The loop of poop the week after. You, you're really on point lately. On top you're of really this on game. point. On top of the this loop game. of poop. <laughs> oh, is he going to drop too? Oh, yeah. It'll be oh, around. we got all the loops of all the poops. <laughs> Talk about a smoked bag of dicks. <laughs> Oh, uh, we should start selling these online. Try to get some income coming to the boys. <laughs> oh, people start using it on commercials on TV. <laughs> Talk about a smoked bag of dick. Come over to Home Depot. <laughs> Talk about a smoked bag of dicks. Oh, Jesus. What was that in reference to? I have no idea. I forget. Clay Buckles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, valid. Valid. I d- probably should have known. Why, why would I not have known that? Oh my god, my ribs hurt already. <laughs> Off the Wagon Sports Radio, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 53? 53. 53. It's May 12th. We've gone We've gone on for over over a year of this journey. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I know. The <laughs> loop of poop. <laughs> It's an endless loop, to be totally honest. I think oh, God, I wish I never said that now. This is going to be... Oh, that's... You're synonymous with loop of poop. Helicoptering is weird. Right? <laughs> Meat spin. Meat spin. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, at well, no point, there goes all of our professional radio careers, yeah, including you, Carl. At no point were we ever considered, you know, for that, that those seats. Um, no, we got, we got a pretty abbreviated show this week. Uh, fairly quick. Obviously, the Red Sox... Greatest team in the history of Boston sports, so we'll talk about them a little bit. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Um, we'll talk about them a little bit, what's been going on for them, what's been cooking for them in the last week, a, and also a theoretical when it comes to the Red Sox, possible trade out there that uh, did surface, not very likely, but I uh, just want to get JP's thoughts on that because Lord knows we can get it. Oh, no, no, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, tra- I'm changing this into trade talk period, too. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take that one up you. I got some ideas, my man. All right. Don't let me stop you. Uh, and then I also wanted to talk about the unanimous MVP of the NBA season, uh, Steph Curry. I have some reservations about his MVP status, especially his unanimous status. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit and, and kind of expand that across all. I might, e- I might even get into some basketball talk tonight, too, because I am. Awesome. I have some very strong opinions about that particular award this particular Good. year with that particular Good. player. And I want to stretch it across sports, too, because I think the MVP award has been a little diluted, we'll say. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, we'll start off with the Red Sox and uh, their amazing God start damn to the it. season. No, Hell don't pitch. do it. There's a drive to Right back it goes! 
This song sucks a lot of dick You ever heard of that Japanese torture where they like strap somebody down onto a bed of bamboo and, it's just... and let the bamboo grow through them? Have you ever oh, heard of that? Oh, no. There's, there's another form of torture that's even worse that I think stems from Bukaki. Japanese torture. Yeah, that. But <laughs> also, the have you heard of the Japanese drip torture? Oh, yeah. Where they just yeah. let a no, single No, that's, that's nothing compared to the bamboo one. Nothing. They lay you down on a bed of like freshly cut bamboo and bamboo grows like a foot a day. Mm. So the bamboo grows and essentially grows three, straight through your organs, straight through your body. I hate that song so much, I'm willing to sit <laughs> on an actual bamboo shaft and let it go straight up my ass through my mouth rather than listen to that again. That song blows. We'll be back with more socks next week. Damn it. He's going to snap. I was all in a good mood. I was all in a good mood. We haven't had good socks talk in the entirety of this show's history because they blew last year. They were very I was bad. all in a good mood to talk about the socks, and Carl just keeps playing that stupid fucking song. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> oh. JP, don't get your gun. No, 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 put it away. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, but no, a uh, very good start for the Red Sox. I don't have the record in front of me, but they are, as of tonight, 20 and 12, virtually in tie for first place. Oh, no, they are 21 and 13. I'm sorry. The, yeah, the Orioles are 20 and 12, tied for first place. Tied with the Orioles, and they are also up 5-1 in the th- going into the fourth, actually, for their uh, is game. Is a game on TV? Not that I can see the TV anyways. It is on TV, but uh, we're, we're not watching, watching highlights of the players. Oh, oh v- valid, valid. I so, like that better. Yeah, doesn't really matter. Um, but no, they've been they've been on a bit of a tear, to, to put it lightly. Obviously, the sweep that they had uh, start to start the week against Oakland, going to Houston at home uh, for another three-game set against them. They're getting it from every direction. I mean, you're talking about a team who, worst-case scenario, you're seeing them have crap pitchers that they're putting out on the mound still going out and getting wins because all they're giving up is four or five runs a, uh, a game, and they're able to come back and score ridiculous runs. They absolutely whitewashed Oakland over this past series. With Sonny Gray. Good, with Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray game. was made to look like a triple-A pitcher. How good is Oakland? Oakland's not Pretty very shitty, good. but Sonny Gray is nasty. They should be... They could have an outside chance of being number two out in the West. Uh, I think this is the year where the Marlins are probably going to be able to hop up a spot and be able to be the number two out there. But they're, the West is wide open. Uh, the Angels look like crap, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But... Um, I, yeah, Sonny Gray, I mean, might be one of the top five, well, is probably one of the top five pitchers in the AL going into the year. And you're looking at an offense that, I mean, Hanley Ramirez hasn't hit stride yet, and he's hitting 290 and has a couple of home runs, and he might be, what, two or three on the team in, in uh, RBIs right now. I don't if we're gonna talk, I'll bring up all the stats now. I wasn't going to do a but, strategy. I was going to try to free ball, but if we're having a Sox talk, yeah, I no, want numbers in front of me. I'll pull, legit. I'll pull them up. Yeah, that Offerman, you, I like, that Offerman I, guy. I really like him. Jose? Yeah, I like what he's bringing to the table. <laughs> Troy O'Leary? Troy O'Leary. Darren Bragg? Darren Bragg. 
Scott Hattieberg. Scott Hattieberg. Wasn't Vincente Padilla a sock for a while? He was. That was that was that was twenty eleven, maybe? Ooh. Ooh. Big old fat Vincente. Who was the uh oh Julian Tavares. Julian Tavares. Yeah, oh yeah, he was a oh, yeah. nut job reliever. Anyways, continue. I'm I'm pulling up the Red Sox test now. I mean from the offensive side of, of this team, I think it's Time to start realizing the fact that this team is probably going to be a top five in terms of producing runs this year. No. You go, you go, <laughs> Carl doesn't agree. Um, I mean, you go top to bottom, they don't have a true hole in the lineup. Maybe Christian Vasquez and, and Ryan Hannigan, if you really want to get technical about it, but those guys are even being able to produce at a, at a semi pro level. Um, night in and night out, and you're getting very solid defense behind the plate, except for when Stephen Wright pitches. It's. I, I'm not going to change the the narrative. We're still talking about a team that probably still needs a pitcher, probably still needs a number two to really make things click. Um, probably needs to see Clay Buchholz out the door, and I mean even the bullpen. I feel pretty confident in. If Carson Smith and Craig Kimbrell are healthy, I don't know where this team should be. Very good. Should win the AL East <laughs> and should be playing some playoff baseball this year. Jackie Bradley Jr. Okay, no, no, no. J- JBJ is a good argument, but he's we, unbelievable. Do we want to start this now? What, start what? Uh, well, no. Where, where do you want to start on with but, the Sox? Here? I'll start with the Love Fest. You're going to start love with the Love Fest. Team. Okay, uh, Carl. Right, what do you have to say about the Love Fest? <laughs> I don't think it's going to last long. I think I think that this is going to go on for maybe another month or so, and then something is going to happen. Someone's going to well, go down or something, or or we're actually going to play a fucking team that's good now. And I think what's actually going to show certain colors, and I think that. City is going to turn on them again. I don't think it lasts long. I, don't get me wrong. I think they look. I think they look better than they did last year. But they are twenty-one and thirteen, correct? Yep. Which puts them eight games above five hundred. Is that how it works? Or four games above five hundred? Felger and Mads had the same argument today, and they couldn't figure it out. What if they're so? If they're twenty-one and thirteen. Are they eight games above five hundred or four games above five hundred? Eight. Okay. So if they so hear me out then, if they go five hundred for the rest of the year, that puts them at eighty nine wins. Mm-hmm. That's a playoff team. Are we happy with five hundred ball the rest of the way? Uh for what we've seen, no. But it wouldn't be a total disaster either. Oh no no! I, mean, I it could be a disaster. Well, if, not, fi- if they go five hundred for the rest of the year. Well, no, I'm saying that I don't. I don't think they could. I'm saying well, I'm going. I think the they can go at least five hundred. I think they can go also below five hundred for the rest of the year. Right, but I'm just saying if if you go off the context of guaranteeing me they're going to be five hundred for the remainder of the season from today going on, that's not a total disaster. I would expect a little bit better. I think they should be a few games over five hundred for the rest of the year. But so you think they're a ninety-one team as of right now? I do. Okay, All I right. do. I do. I think they're a division winner. I think they should be able to take a pretty weak AL East this year. Um, I don't foresee the Yankees getting much better unless they can clear some no, they, salary. They, they, Yank, the Yankees have done this year already. They're Tampa, out. I think their offense needs a total rehaul. Yep. Uh, when your best bat down there is Brandon Jennings, or I think it's Brandon Jennings anyway. Uh, no, it's not Brandon Jennings. It's Longoria. Well, Longoria, who's the Jennings kid down there? Jesus Christ. I'm Brandon Jennings is the point guard. That's not the, the one. I'm, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he was a rookie I'll a year ago. i up too. Jeez. i got to get all the windows open here. Use them all. Um, but you know, when your best offensive players are guys that are, to be quite frank, mediocre, 
I mean, they're not going to score enough runs to be able to stay in this thing come the end of the year. Toronto, we sadly over-respected that team. I think they'll be better in the second half. I think they will make a comeback in the second half because that offense is too good to be as down as it's been. But I don't think they have enough pitching unless they make deals like they did a year ago. But I think they dried up their whole entire um, youth system by doing that or their minor league system by doing that. And I think that's a team that's probably going to be hung out to dry come the second half of the year unless Strootman wins 35 games. And Baltimore... They're going to have to make moves if they want to keep up with Boston. Desmond Jennings is who Des you're thinking Jennings, of. that's the f- son of a bitch. That's the one. Um, but I don't think Baltimore is that good either. So if you're playing as many games as you play in division against these teams and they play the way that they should against them, yeah, 90 wins is, is reasonable in my mind. The one good thing that I've noticed now, everybody says that, oh, well, they're beating the bad teams or beating the mediocre teams. Wait till they come up against a good part of the schedule. Who's the good part of the schedule? That's my uh, question. Well, hold on, hold on. Now, see, now this this is an argument with me too. Is number one baseball, team, number one team in the AL in, was the Chicago White Sox a few in weeks base, ago. In baseball, right? You, there, it's do. very difficult to get a hard stretch of a schedule unless you have a very hard division, right? But, so your division blows. The hardest you're going to get is the top two teams back to back in the Central or in the West in back to back series. So I'm. I don't think the Sox are Kansas City Royals caliber. Um, I don't think KC's as good as they've been the last two years. Though. I, I, they're, I think they're getting figured out. Teams are They're defending to, World Series champions. you got to give them the respect. you got to give them the respect. I, I agree there, but who in that pitching staff scares you? Yodano, Yordano uh, Ventura? He's a deuce at best. He went down to AAA last year. It's not that. Outside it's, of that? Is that well, and, well, okay, okay, so... Oh, so okay. your starters go five innings, okay. and you're going to have a okay. three inning worth of, of bullpen okay. be able to get Bef- you Before we get into this, but, all right, my whole my whole thing is the past couple of years. Yeah. we look at the team and they say, "Oh, we should beat Team X," and they don't beat Team X because right. they're worse than Team X. The first step of becoming a good team is not losing to teams worse than you. Totally agreed. And that's what they're doing right now. They're not losing two teams worse than them. Now, yes, it's baseball. There's 162 games. You had that bad series against the Yankees this weekend after a good run. That's a little disappointing. Don't get me wrong. But over the course of the year, you're going to have five games, five game winning streaks, five game losing streaks. That's the way baseball goes. For the most part, for the majority of it, they are beating bad teams handily, which they should. And they're beating mediocre teams, which means that they're above a average team. Right. Now, yes, the White Sox were in first place. It's still arguably too early for me to pick who the good teams are. And with that, I put the Red Sox in there. Yeah, the Red Sox are tops of their division. It's still too early to figure out whether they are a division champion caliber team this early in the year. How many months are we into the season? One and a half. See, the, and, and this is what bugs me. Is that now we're talking about, oh, well, the Sox are finally doing well. Yeah, everyone well, no, goes no, well, on after, runs, the, pa- after, that, the, pa- after not... the past two years. After the past two years. I get it. I... Last year we came in talking about how Hanley was going to bat 420 and hit 420 <laughs> home runs and 420 RBIs because he That's loves smoking true. weed. And then all of a sudden, two weeks in a Red Sox season, well, we had uh, was, nothing had, to talk about. He had, a, he had a great April. Ten home runs in April. Yeah, well, how did Rick Porcello pitch last year? Okay, you know, totally and now he's totally pitching. Dog. We can I'm get not saying that anything bit. against Hanley. I think no, Hanley no. I'm, I'm just saying the Sox in general are regardless. fun to talk about now because we haven't had the opportunity to talk about them in May 
which is bad over the past two years because by April 30th or 31st, however many days are in April, they have been a crap bag team out of it already. Exactly. Out of it already. I think last year, the last real Red Sox heavy show we did was the last week of April last year, and we were looking at it like, oh, well, if they go 15 games above 500 for the rest of the year, they can make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they can do this year we're looking at it. All they have to do is go 500 in their playoff team. That's so, a lot better. <laughs> so we're we're already in a lot better shape. That's why this will at least be a fun baseball season. And I hate Felgren. I don't hate Felgren Maz, but I hate how Felgren Maz say that. Okay, well we just want them to be relevant so we can talk about them. But with no Celtics left, no Bruins left. Yes, around the table here we're Revs fans, soccer fans. But outside of that, what is going on in sports? There's no football. Unless you're a golfer or a f- diehard NBA fan where you're watching every single one of these games. Well, the Olympics to contend with in a few weeks. Right, but. right. But other than that, there's nothing to talk about. There's, and it's good that... Um, imagine if it was this situation with the Red Sox team of last year. We don't make any money doing this. We like coming around, having a couple beers, a couple drinks, talking sports. It would turn into the loop of poop real quick because we'd just be sitting around here for an hour and a half talking about... Caitlyn Jenner's run as Olympic gold medal champion. Because there'd be something else to talk of about. Poop. <laughs> exactly. Did you hear? Yes, She's, yes, yes, yes. She, we'll get into that later. I don't want to. Yeah. She can be our man of the week again. You want to? You want to do that? No. No. I don't, we're, we're, I, maybe next week. We're not, we, I'm not entertaining. In the yet. history of the show, we've given too much airtime to Jenner's and Kardashians. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't. Okay. I just can't. I respect that. I don't have any more energy for it. That's like talking about Deflategate. It's just, well, okay. I'm not doing but it. So, so we're on the socks. But I was just, just going to ask, because I really can't remember, because every time I do the show, I'm hammered. What were we talking about last year where... I mean, we were the talking about how Hamley doing... was ripping the cover off the ball. No, but I know... The rest I, of the team... And, but no besides, besides the socks, what else did we have to talk about? Because I feel like we had a lot more to talk about. Deflategate. Deflategate was huge. That was, yeah. Right, the Celt- right, the Bru- right. it was a Celtics were one and dumb last year in the playoffs. Bruins didn't make it, and we had Deflategate. We had the NFL draft. You know, like we had we had the NFL with Carrius through last year. Nothing popping Super is happening Bowl, yeah. with this. With the yeah, they just got off the Super Bowl. Nothing really popping with the Patriots right now. Right, which arguably is a good thing considering last offseason with Deflategate going on. They're staying quiet. Yeah. It- <sighs> I'll tell you, trying to reel it back into the Red Sox themselves. I started doing the show because baseball is my number one sport. That's one I'm most knowledgeable about personally. Right. And I haven't had a chance to talk about baseball because well, baseball just sucks. Just... Baseball has sucked in this town for the past two years and it's just aggravating. I can't sit here Three rightfully and be like, oh, two. well, they just... Yeah, they, I can't sit here rightfully and be like, oh, I'm going to break down the Sox and why they blow... Every single week. It's fun to talk talk about, okay, well... A winner, or at least someone who's in the race. Right, right. Bugging my face here. Um, no, but, but trying to really back into the Sox a little bit more in, in what we're seeing here. E, yeah, is it premature to start putting this team on a pedestal and start saying what, you know, what we think they could be, especially when they're on a hot streak? Absolutely. I don't think this team's going to win 110 games. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination, but I am saying that the AL this year is not very good. I don't think Kansas City is who they were a year ago. I don't think they're as motivated as they were a year ago to be the team that they were. I think when you look across the AL overall, if you name me right now the top three teams in the AL come the end of the year, you can't do it. There is no clear-cut group of three, I think, in the The AL Royals right have to be number one. 
Yeah, if you want, if you want to give them the respect for last year, go for it. And that's and they're they're a solid team. I'm not I'm not going to say that they're not a playoff team right now, but they're a solid team. Chicago White Sox have the best record in the AL right now. Do you think that's going to last all year long? I'd say no. That division is outside of the outside Royals of KC blows. is not that good. The West is even worse. Usually Texas will make a deal or two to be able to put themselves back where they need Texas to. So I'll, say, I'll say Texas should win that that West. And then those two wild cards, you better flip coins for the rest of the league because there's nobody who stands out. Detroit has been up, down, all around. They got struck out 20 times last night by Max Scherzer. I mean, you're not talking about any clear-cut teams here outside of if you want to go with KC. I don't think they're a clear-cut yet. But as of right now, I think Boston is right in the mix with the best teams in the AL. Will they hold on to that, you know, that run of form? I don't know. That that that, well, that seems it seems well, okay. premature. Well, like well, I said, well I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, now I'm going to use this argument here. Sure. That pitching, and we're getting get now we're getting into the team how they've gotten to this point where they're going to go. The hitting right now has been the best hitting that we've seen out of a Sox club since two thousand three, two thousand four. Whenever they set the record for Run, um, yeah. for runs in a season. Do we all agree at the table that that's not going to hold up? They're not going to set the record, no. No, no, no. no. But, do you, okay, do you think they're the, going to be the best offensive team team in the American League all year? No. Depending they, depending on... I know, yes or no. I'm not giving depending nothing right now. We're, we're going to get into it right now. Yes the, or no. The best? No, you take the field, okay. obviously, if you're okay. the bed, but Okay, I, I agree with no. They, I think... I can only do so many things here at once. I think they've got either the second to worst or the worst starting staff in the league. Really? So far, yes. Wow, that's a shocker. So, do you think that well, staff is going? Do you think that staff is going to finish? <laughs> do you think that staff is going to finish? Sorry, I just smashed the slinky over here. Um, do you think that staff is going to finish bottom two in the league in pitching? That could definitely happen. Then that's the scary part. That's the thing that I'm looking at. I, I'm loving the hidden. I'm, I don't think they're going to finish bottom two, bottom three in the league in pitching. But so law of averages comes together. But they're but nah. You're saying law of averages as if their offense is going to level off and they'll be like. Well, their pitching should scoring. level. No, 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 no. I'm not saying they're going to be. League. A, they're going to be a top I'm, three or four team in in run score this year. Okay, okay. That I will okay, say. So, will be number one. Oh, so, 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 so. Then have this argument with me. Then, All right. if they're a top five hitting team in the league and a bottom five pitching team in the league, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. How, um, pitching historically over the last close to a decade now has won out. So, if you have a better pitching team usually more often than not, you're going to be a better team than the team that's going to have a good offense. However, I don't know. I mean, it, it's pitching. No, it's so the same difficult. thing. With pitching will always beat offense. Well, I, perfect case study for a year ago was Toronto. They make a trade for one starter for the last you know quarter of the season, saves them, puts them into the playoffs, puts them into the second round of the playoffs. They make the ALC, They didn't make the ALCS, did they? No, I think they did. They did? Yeah, no, they did against KC, yeah. right? Yep. Think. Yeah. If not, we'll make you think that they No, did. no, no. Yeah, because that's when Joey Bass did the bat flip in, like, game five. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, you got your superstar offense. You have one or two decent arms in the starting rotation when it comes to Toronto. And then you had a bunch of shitbags. My thing is, this roster... That team hit the cover off the ball last year, though, which they shouldn't have been able to do. Now you're looking at the Sox. They're hitting the cover off the ball, which they shouldn't be able to do. You need your pitching staff to step up. Agreed. 
Agreed. I, David Price cannot have a six and a half ERA all year long and let that be no. sustainable. You no, need David Price to go out there and get twenty wins. If you're going to be a World Series team, a World Series caliber team, you need David Price to go out I there agree. and get twenty wins. And out of his thirty-two stars, you need to win twenty-seven of those decisions. Agreed. Yeah. No, I've got nothing against. He's that. two and four I, right now with six and a half ERA. He's got the he's not two and four. He's like four and one. No, I don't think so. I swear to God, go check it. His I'm record does not right reflect now. how well he's pitched at all. I, he might be three and one. I got him on my fantasy team. Come on, man. He's striking people out. I know that, and he's pitching real well tonight. He had six Ks out of seven outs to start the game, though he did give up five hits. Um, I'm not worried about Dave, David Price, though. That's the thing. I sh- oh, he is four and one. Yeah. It was six seven five ERA. Hold on, hold how about on. that offense? Okay. Though, huh? okay. Well, now, okay, 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 okay. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for my argument here. Yeah. Say. That the 675 ERA stands for the year. Is he going to finish? Oh, God, it would be horrible. Is he going to finish 20 and 4? No. 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 If he wins five more games, that would be lucky. But I don't think he's going to have a 675 ERA. I, well, I, I, I agree. I think I by agree. season's end, if he's pitching over a 4 ERA, that would be catastrophic. No, I think, yeah, he needs to get under 4. He needs to get under I mean, 4 if he, by if the end of the year. 375, 35, that's a disappointing year. Yeah, Very but you know what? You're paying prob- him with this offense. He is though, the highest paid pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. You need to be under a three. Yeah. No. That's I, now what I understand. You're I, now that's what you're paying for. Now right? I understand that everybody has bad starts and goes and gets lit up every once in a while. Well, Clay Buckholz doesn't. He just gets lit up every start. Right. Right. <laughs> but now, now you're looking at it, David Price. You've already had your fuck ups for the year. Yes. Now you you have has- what seven starts underneath your belt. Now you need. You got 25 stars left. There are no more fuck-ups. Yeah. You have to go out, and you have to go get 20 wins out of those. Here's a question for you, though. Is he not the exact pitcher, though, that you would think of, or at least in the class of pitchers that you would think of? He could go out there and probably win 14, 15 straight decisions and have a minuscule, you know, one-and-a-half ERA. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, his, the, that's what well, David Price... Well, and the and that's, been his, that's been his MO in his whole career. Is he goes off and he has a five game stretch where his ERA is a one and a half, or, and then yeah, he and then he and then he has zeros. a two game and then you're, and then he has a two game stretch where he doesn't make it out of the third inning and he gives up ten runs, and yeah. That, yeah, that's a give take with him. Yep. You just hope that. It, so with that said, this team's issue starts right behind him. Yeah, he's been average. Yeah, it's a it's a fun topic to kind of toss around that he has not been what we thought David Price would be. But let's be honest with ourselves. This four other spots in this rotation that there are major, major question marks going forward. We came into this season saying, you know what? If Rick Porcello is your number three and he pitches like a average number three, we'll take that. He's been bonkers good so far. Six one three eleven R ERA, forty six strikeouts and forty six and a third innings pitched. Yeah. If you told me he was going to win thirteen games this year, I would have said, yeah, I'll take that. Don't even don't even have to think about it. Okay, I know what's I know when does that level out though? Because exactly, he's getting a lot of run support. Saying, but that's what I'm saying. He's, and a lot he of these, is someone that I would say will definitely level out. Stephen Wright. How long is a knuckleballer just going to start blasting people away? He's not going to. He's not going to be R. A. Dickey of 2008 or whatever. He's it was. three and three with a one five two ERA. One five two. One five two. You want to look at the screen? No, that's what I'm saying. He's not going to double that ERA by the end of the year. Ah, see, I've got a thing for the knuckleballers. <laughs> I do. I love him in the rotation. I really. I'm not gonna. I've got. A, I've got a thing for the knuckleballers, especially when you have two power. You know. Arms you know. Them, Wakefield's so. first JP two years here. To imagine the knuckle. Yeah. In the fist, right uh, on my ball. Fist baller is what yeah, they call yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I know it's a loose comparison, 
but only because of Wakefield's a knuckleballer, yeah. and they're two. Stephen Wright's got more of the hard knuckleball. He's Wakefield's a, a different pitcher, right? But he's got a potential with the fact that he can throw to other pitchers, or he throws like a mid eighties fastball and a, a decent curveball. He's got potential to be better than what you had in Wakefield. And Wakefield right. was, I mean, we're talking about what is he? One of the top five wins guys in, in Red Sox history. Yeah. Well, mean, Wakefield when he first came, first first two years, his ERA was sub two and a half. It's insane. But the thing is, though, and the problem is with the knuckleballers, they get tucked in the back and rotate, or they get they get tucked in a spot in the lineup where they make the spot start. Now they're inevitably this is what or the off day works out. Where now you get the knuckleballer up against the other team's ace. Yeah. So the knuckleballer goes off and pitches phenomenal, and then but your offense does jack right, shit right. because they're getting sh- they're getting mowed down. That it seems that that's the knuckleballer's thing. They never ones. Like you said, you spot start here, then all of a sudden, once the off days cycle out, well, now you're stuck with David Price against some bum, that, and he doesn't look like he can win those games now. And you're stuck with Stephen Wright, who if you could ideally line it up, okay, well, no, let's throw Stephen Wright out there against a bad team, bad pitcher, you get a win. It's, yeah. But that's baseball. Yeah. That's the schedule of baseball. So, still sticking with it. So, let's say Stephen Wright gives you solid Wakefield style numbers where he's going to be opponents right batting, around a four. Opponents are batting 172 off of Stephen Wright, oh, by the way. Jesus, he's so good. I, I was calling for him last year to stay in the rotation. Let's Whips uh, let's under one. Of course it is. Because as soon as, he, as soon as he puts up three balls on the count, throw a curveball, snap one in for a strike, and now yep. you got to swing. Now yep. you now you got to protect the plate a little bit. Yep. And he's been able to do that all year long. And I think he is a pitcher who can do that and, and can do it at a pretty consistent level. But you got okay. So call Wright, your solidified number four. Call Porcello, your solidified number three. We're still talking about two spots in this rotation that are wide open in my mind. Joe Kelly has not done anything. To Joe Kelly that needs. Joe down. Kelly needs to get on what, that what, Henry. Where's Owens. that drop? <laughs> Joe Kelly needs to get on that Henry. Talk Owens about box. a smoked bag of dicks. <laughs> Talk about a smoked bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> the way he says it is so perfect and deliberate. Um, and then Clay Buckholtz, who that is in reference to. I mean, I he whipped his dick out. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about two pitchers there who are basically useless. Eddie Rodriguez will come back. He can give you five stuff. Easily can give you five stuff. Yeah, okay. You, but you need they a still need you're, a Okay, you're going to assume that Price is going to pull his head out of his ass. I am. Okay. I assume that too. They you still need a, need a deuce. That's you need what it comes down to. And we, I mean, this is nothing new. Anyone who's a real Red Sox fan knew coming into the season that unless Rick Porcello, <laughs> his career well, no, coming took in, this turn that we never knew coming was going to Coming in, our two this year was Buckholz and a contract year going yeah. off and pitching for a contract. What was that noise? Yep. Talk about a smoked bag of dicks. <laughs> oh, I, I was meaning the fart, but that works too. He sucks. There you go. No, 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 out of my no. mouth. Buckholtz Buck Holt, Buck is... T- the thing is, though, with Buckholtz, is he always puts together that 10-12 to 12 start um, stretch where he looks like the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. He does it every year, regardless of whether he gets injured or not injured. He does it every year. Now you almost hope that he doesn't do it until September or October. Right. Now you hope that he gets hot then. Let him suck now. Because you know that he's well, going to have that. You know he's going to have suck. that month, month and a half where, okay, I am. Unhittable, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm unhittable and just try hit, try fuck with me. 
if he's pitching the way that he's pitching now, though, do you even think he makes it to the roster come September, October? Yes. They, really? They, you they think can, they're, they're, they, just, they're just they stapled in with him? They can't option him down. So what are you going to do? Wave him? Trade. Who's going to take him? Nobody. As a free agent, as a free agent, people can get him knowing that they're not going to have to pay thirteen half million dollars for him next year, and they're not going <laughs> to no. give anything. They're not going to give anything up to get him. Yeah. So you're stuck with him, and do you really think they're going to put him in the bullpen? Because that's oh god no no you you, you can't a guy who nibbles the corners how are you, how are you possibly no, going to be no. able to do that? So he's he's a starter in this lineup for the year, barring. Phantom or real injury, he is a starter in this lineup for the year. Well, if that's the case, then they probably aren't going to make a trade for another starter. Unless he's included going the other way. Because if you think about it, Eddie's going to get back in this rotation. Wright's not going anywhere with the way he's pitched. Porcello's and Porcello's not going anywhere. Right. And then Price, I mean, obviously, $30 million speaks for, for itself. So we'll, if they we'll do find, make a deal we'll for find someone, out. We'll find out real quick because once Eddie comes back, Clay is the... Man on the chopping block. Joe right. Kelly isn't going to make the team. Fuck him. Yeah, he, he'll be in Pawtucket for a while. You can't. You can't sit David Price, regardless of whether David Price has an ERA ballooned over ten all year long. You can't sit him unless he, you know, phantom injury. So Joe Kelly isn't getting there. Porcello and Ryder pitching too well. Buckholtz is stuck there. And then who's the other one that I'm thinking of? No, you have Porcello, Price, Wright, um, Buckholtz, Buckholtz, and Erod. Who's yeah, but who's the other star now? Matt Barnes. Uh, no, Sean O'Sullivan was the last one. Oh, last it. night, yeah. So you, oh, you got the one spot. That's O'Sullivan's gonna be Erod, probably. yeah. The, the, okay, the, so yeah, you, so you yeah, got Erod be. back in. Fine. Right. Joe Kelly's buried in Providence with Henry Owens, walking a whole bunch of people like they usually do. Great. And that's that's what it is. That's what it is. And like I said, you just hope that that Clay Buckholtz. Injury comes soon, and he comes back and is the shows you the stuff where it's like you watch him, and he's the best pitcher in Major League Baseball right now for my six to seven weeks, and you hope that comes at the end of September, beginning of October. That's what you got to take with Buckholes right now. Unless you move him out, but like I said, you, he can't even be a thrown in trade around. Nobody's going to take him. No, I totally agree. I can't imagine. I Honestly, once he finishes up in Boston at the end of this year... I have a hard time believing anyone's going to want to touch him, especially if things don't turn around and he really starts showing some potential here because why would you? Cy Young winner in two years for the Oakland Athletics, Clay Buckholz. Yeah. You heard That's, it right here first. Sounds about right. He's, he's the Rich Harden of the Red Sox. Yep. Um, yeah, so, I mean, exciting times to be a Red Sox fan. Certainly plenty to talk about with them. However... There was an interesting rumor this past week that... Uh, the, I had a more interesting rumor, which I'll get into, but go ahead. We'll get into it. Um, the Anaheim Angels deflecting the thought that they would trade away Mike Trout. Now, the thought process from the Angels' perspective is they've got no other pieces that they can possibly trade. Their major league roster is depleted. Their minor league highly system... Highly overpaid. Highly overpaid. Yeah, their entire roster is super bloated. Highly overpaid. And they're... Minor league system is totally depleted of talent. People were theorizing that maybe they would think about a possible trade, dumping Mike Trout, refill the Kofers when it comes to what you have in the minor leagues, grab a few cheaper pieces when it comes to um, the major league roster, cover two or three different positions, especially with guys on cheaper contracts that they have under control for three or four years, and then move forward that way. GM for... 
the Angels basically poo-pooed it, so that there's no way that he would do it. But it's not no way he would do it, and nobody else would do it. But we'll get into that, right? <laughs> the loop of poop. He loop of pooped it, and um, it created a little bit of a conversation earlier in the week for for Boston sports fans because it seems as if there are realistically two teams in in Major League Baseball that could make a trade like that happen. One being the Boston Red Sox with a deep minor league system and a major league ready squad that they have a a handful of players on the major league team that they could possibly offer up in the LA Dodgers. And you would think they wouldn't make a deal with the Dodgers because it's in their TV market. So they probably shy away from that. So Boston seems like the only one that would really be able to entice the Angels. First of all, JP, is there any reason we should even think about this as possibility? No. And two, if it was a possibility, what would you be willing to part with to get a guy like a Mike Trout? Talk about a smoked bag of dicks. <laughs> okay, so, no, it's not a possibility. And the reason why it's not a possibility is on two ends. A, the Angels are going to ask for way, way, way too much than any team's going to give them for Mike Trout. Because, A, any team that's going to trade for Mike Trout, they're saying, oh, we need six Class A prospects, A-level prospects. You suck. And Major League talent now coming to our team. You suck. So, no team's going to give that, so your asking price is too high. Now, any team that's going to go off and give that asking price needs Mike Trout on their team for the next 20 years. Mike Trout's a free agent in what, two or three years? Five. In five? What's his, uh, Yeah, that's right. They re-upped him for cheap, cheap money. But Well, cheap as in like $17, $18 million a year for the next five. But for his talent, for his production, absolutely. What would, <laughs> I, what would I give up? See, it's not a matter of what I would give up. If the Angel, I'm not calling up the Angels and saying, hey, what do you need? If the Angels call me and say, hey, you got a thick minor league system here. You got a couple young major league players already. This is what we want. You tell me. You are the Angels. I'm the Boston Boston Red Sox. You tell me what you need from the Boston Red Sox for Mike Trout. All right. If they came with this, and I'm going to say this is on the shallow end of what they could ask for. Mookie Betts. Okay. That's my starting point because I need to replace Trout in center field. Fair enough. And your starting pitcher. So your best young starting pitcher is Eddie Rodriguez. Yep. Send him this way. Give but me a fair, fair, a fair ask. Yep. I need, I need at least that those two to start with. Blake Schweihart was fair your ask. Was your was your top talent last year and probably your top catching prospect. And then I want at least five of your top handful of prospects right now. So you want eight players for my trout? Yep. Not doing it. I. You know what? I'll tell you what. If that was the exact ask, and they were going to take. Four of our top five plus I think Brian Johnson. For some reason, I think the Angels. Okay, so okay, so hold on. Hear me out here. Hear me out here. The Sox are a contending team right now, correct? Mm-hmm. You get rid of Eddie. Your rotation has four guys in it. Now you need to go fill that. <laughs> what was that? Did you, did you just fart? Just fart out of your did mouth. Did you pip? Uh, oh, it was the I bottle. thought you pipped. Wait, I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> you pipped. Um, that's too much, and that that's a problem with that's a problem with these great well, players. And, and and you know, if we want to delve into this in a little bit, this is becoming the problem with Major League Baseball. 
since there's no salary cap, since there's no cap on what the players can make, now, yeah, you have them for five years. But you just blew all of this out. You blew your whole team up for one player. You're not competing anymore. Think about it. The Sox get rid of Mookie Betts, fine. Mike Trout replaced Mookie Betts. Exactly. You can no longer win. with. You can get rid of Swihart. You already got Christian Vasquez. Because you got Vasquez. You get rid of Eddie. Great. That hurts, but... That, that hurts. You can get by. If it was just those three... Now, I know that doesn't get you Mike Trout. No. I understand no. that. No, no, no. If it was just those three, you can manage. For five years, you can manage to let Trout walk, or you re-sign him right now to the 20-year deal worth a billion dollars. Let him go. Yeah. Whatever. Then now you ask for the five best prospects, too. And keep, it, keep in mind that those top five are going to be Yohan Moncada. Yep. Number one, Rafael Devers. At third base. The other... Be number two. The, uh, Benedetti, or ben, uh, whatever Andrew his name. Andrew Benintendi. Yep. He's Outfielder. Out. He'd be gone. He's consensus number three right now. Number four is Anderson Espinosa, the 18-year-old yep. arm that yep. they have down there who people are comparing to Pedro. And I would assume it'll be a coin flip between either Michael Kopsich, who is a power arm, power arm righty down on their... I think he's in double A right now. Or Brian Johnson, who's their number one AAA pitcher. So it'll be one of those two. I know I know you can't do I know you can't do this because they're not gonna accept it. You either give up all the prospects and you keep your major league players, or you trade, or you say, No, I'll give you Eddie, Xander, Mookie, and Swihart. Let's go. You you'd give up Xander and Mookie. I, I would do Xander, Mookie, Eddie, and Swihart. No prospects, or I keep those four. Ah, fuck it. Throw Swihart in. Throw Swihart in and your top five prospects. I do that. Because, like I said, that's a problem with this whole scenario is they want the major league players and they want the young talent. You can't get them both. My thing is, if you can replace the production. So let's, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Swihart is not part of the major league equation right now. No, no. So Swihart will be moved. Then, and I've got I've got multiple ideas. All right, all right, I like that. I like that. I like the I like the inside track there. Um, so I'm not too you know when it comes to Swire, I'm not too keen to worry about where it is that he falls in terms of the the trade area or whatever. My big thing is if you're trading, like the scenario that I played out there, if you're trading bets, you're already replacing everything plus some with Trout. Swihart, we're already talking about trading regardless to find a way to get something. And Erod, who, I mean, again, being honest with ourselves, what is he? Is he a third pitcher? Is he a second pitcher? Even at his best in the future of his career, I don't think we're talking about an ace. He's not an ace. He might be a might. average one. I think that's his peak. I think that I an think average that's one. an average one. One of the. Top. I think he could be a very solid deuce. Oh no! On a championship team, you're getting a above average deuce. I think on a average team. He can be. He's not an ace, but he can go up and compete with aces. He's not. If you're a World Series team, Eddie Rodriguez is not your starting pitcher. Right. He's Game not, one. He's, not your he's, one. He's, he's not your number one. He's a two. He's an average I one. Think like I said, best 15, case scenario, he's your three. There are thirty number ones in the league. I think he's falls right in that twelve to eighteen range. Average one. If now all of a sudden. You put that as a two. Well, now you got an average one as your two. Great two. I think that's his ceiling as of now. Yeah, and I think that might even be a little high for him. But still, so so call him call him that. And 
you already have, you already know you need a number two. So even if you trade for Trout, you got to go find yourself a number two still, which that's going to be the difficulty is once you trade away those prospects, once you trade away those other pieces that you were willing to deal, things get a little bit more difficult when you're trying to get that too. Well, and, and, that, and that's a problem with, that's a problem with Trout. That's a problem with uh, Bryce Hop, Harper is the value on him is so high. They say, oh, well, and Boston, actually now more and more I think about it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Red Sox did that because think of how many Mike Trout shirts they're going to sell. JP, the, my last piece that I was going to throw on this, David Ortiz retires at the end of the year. They need a face of this franchise. It, you know what the you face th- of the franchise needs to be? Xander the Bogart. World Series trophy raised over their heads. Yeah. That's what it needs to be. That's where this ownership group, and you know I hate this fucking ownership group like nobody's <laughs> business. That's why I hate Liverpool. Because they don't care about the trophy. They, they care about how many beers they sell a game. They care about how many logo to baseballs they sell a game. They care about how many Fenway Franks they sell a game. They could give a flying fuck about the team that they throw out there. They want to get Mike Trout, not because he plays baseball. They'll give Mike Trout $200 million just to do Dunkin' Donuts commercials wearing a Red Sox jersey. That's a problem, and they're not going to do it. Because I think Dombrowski is... I think that hiring separates <coughs> ownership from baseball losses. I don't think Dombrowski would have come in here and said like, Oh yeah, no, I'm going to be the general manager of the Red Sox. And, but I'm just going to do whatever you guys yeah, say. Just the He's going to go thing. somewhere else and be general manager and win his way. Right. That's why I knock on wood. But that's why it's not going to happen. Dombrowski's going to have a better mind on his head than that. Yeah. All right, so uh, feed me your rumor. Where's the weakest part of your outfield? The outfield, left field. Left field. There is a left fielder in Major League Baseball right now. Somewhere in Major League Baseball. Somewhere in Major League Baseball. North Central America. Or North Central... Central America? No, North Central United States. North Central. I want to say Minnesota? No, you're close, though. No, that's a little farther right. You're looking at a map a little farther, a little farther east. Do you know American geography? So Illinois, well, Chicago, a little farther north, Michigan, Detroit. No, a little farther west. No, Milwaukee. M- Milwaukee. That would have been well. Who was the Milwaukee? First one? What was the first one that I said? That's east of Minnesota, north of Chicago. Milwaukee's in Minnesota. No, it isn't. Milwaukee's in Wisconsin. Is it? Yeah. Ah. Oh, you guys are ragging on me about my geography. Oh, he doesn't know what Oh, this I'm motherfucker over this here. Guy. No, you're right. You're right. You are right. I'm sorry. There is a outfielder out there. It's a former steroid user out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And what's very interesting is that team blows. Mm-hmm. They want to get out from underneath that contract because that contract runs for another five years. Really? Five years. And the very interesting thing about this contract is he makes $20 million this year, $20 million in 2017, 19 in 2018. Ooh, it's a decline. 18 in 2019, 17 in 2020. And for He will be 36, maybe 37 by the end of the deal. But the declining contract, you're paying for performance as it goes, arguably. For reference. Is that a, is that a typical? Pablo, no, it usually no, increases. No, it usually increases. That's this, what I'm saying. Yep. So this is this is a 
different sort of contract. Yep, he got it front loaded. So who who agrees to that kind of thing? That's an agent team thing. That's the agent team player. They all basically his agent is just sort of generally when they go in baseball is different because baseball doesn't have the salary cap. Right. So before I name the player, you go to basketball or football. Sorry, I'm sorry. You yeah, yeah. No, it. what ends up happening in football? You have a salary cap, right. so you backload no, the contract that. because this year you want to save as much money as you can. Yeah, baseball you don't have it, so the, the expect- player can front load it and say, "I want a hundred million dollars this year, but I want." A okay. dollar for the next the 10 years. The expectation is know. football. In football, it's different because the expectation is that they're never going to make the end of the contract. Right. And they're non-guaranteed in the NFL. Right. So you can cut right. them loose and not have to pay them the last $40 million or whatever it is at the end of a contract. In Major League Baseball, you're guaranteed the contract regardless. doesn't matter if you break both of your legs and you never play baseball again. You're getting every dime of that, which is kind Matt of the, Clement- the Sandoval conversation right. that yeah, he, yeah, he blows yeah, exactly. out his shoulder That's, this year. Yeah. He's getting all $17 million, no questions asked. Uh, and they he can't. Cut, they, eats too many cheeseburgers, right? And they yes. can't cut him loose. There's, there's literally nothing they can do to stop him from doing whatever he wants to do. They've already signed the contract. It's already <coughs> sold down the river. Well, that's so why baseball's going to. We need to do a baseball collective bargaining collective bargaining thing one day because that's why baseball's going to be dead in ten years. But never mind. Go ahead. But regardless, when you talk about baseball, it almost it's kind of a my re- retort to that would be. What the hell does it matter? Right, because he's getting the hundred million or one hundred fifty million or whatever. It doesn't it was matter anyway. to him. It's just right. what years he's getting. The right, money. and that's the whole thing with him. It doesn't matter because he he signed he, for one hundred seventy five million dollars. It does not matter because he will have one hundred seventy five million dollars. Where it matters very interestingly is in the contracts. The teams have their payroll every year, and they want to stay. They stay within the budget. So by having a declining contract, yeah, it helps us. It out. helps now because now it's team friendly. It's, right, it's a team friendly deal. The player doesn't give a shit whether it's team friendly or not. He's making his hundred seventy five million dollars. What does he care? He never has to. He signs a contract, never has to touch a baseball again. The team has to delve out that money, regardless of whether you get one hundred seventy five million the first year and a dollar for the next ten year, ten years, or a dollar the first ten years and one hundred seventy five million at the end. But they work with budgets. And that's a team-friendly deal. The player is Ryan Braun, by the way, if you guys haven't figured it out. Ryan Braun. The Brewers don't want a whole lot. He's having an MVP caliber season already. Now, I know it's early. He's batting over three fifty right now. He has an MVP, doesn't he? He does have an MVP. Jesus. Yep. He's batting over three fifty right now. I believe he leads NL in RBIs. I can pull it up. I should have... Pulled it up before, knowing that I was going to talk about this. And I want to say already has like and six or seven home runs. He's on pace. He's on pace for hitting like three forty six with thirty nine RBIs and a hundred and twenty driven in home runs. Uh, thirty nine home runs and hundred and twenty driven in. And JP, you know where he went to college, right? Nichols College. The U. He's a U guy. Yeah, really. You. Now you gotta get. Him. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a drop I gotta get. Well, now that's the whole thing is you got to give something up to get him. The Brewers blow. They want out from that money. You have two guys who will make less money over the next five years on your team that you need to dump. I know Hanley's playing well. He's one of them. But he's only on the hook. Oh, I'm not dumping Hanley right now. You can dump Sandoval. The the reason why Hanley's a more likely choice is A, Hanley isn't injured. B, his contract's a year shorter. So you get that money off the books quicker. It's essentially... Money-wise, and even even level-level swap, they just deal it two years earlier. They don't have a catcher. They give up Blake Swihart. 
Sox winning eight to one for anyone who wants to know going into the seventh. The Sox will give up Blake Swihart because I'm will, yeah I'm willing to dump that for with for that they would probably need to the Sox would probably need to eat Jonathan Lucroy's money because he's doing nothing I believe he's making eight or nine million bucks a year now you flip that however the fuck you can flip it same thing smoked bag of dicks maybe a little bit of teriyaki sauce on it perfect <laughs> like yep. talk about a smoked yep. bag of dicks but if you need if you need to take it to get him in and that's kind of where. That's where it's gonna you're gonna be finagling things here. Yeah, you give up a Henry Owens, maybe a Joe Kelly, one of those two. You give up Swihart. You say, hey, look, we're gonna eat Lucroy's money. We're gonna eat Bronze money. You're stuck taking Pablo or Hanley. Take your pick on the two. They're probably gonna take pick Hanley. So you gotta eat. Yeah, give it up Hanley. but I don't. I think Hanley's finally finally starting to figure things out and give you what you See, want. See, I, him. I, I. I in the past five years, how many times has Hanley played more than 120 games? Last five? Maybe two. One. Really? One. He plays, and out of those four years that he didn't play 120 games, he only played one at 117. The other three years were under 100. So he's played half a season in the past three out of the past five years. Uh I would hate to see them deal. Because I, I think he's got a hot streak in him this year. That is an MVP-style hot streak. We thought about it last year. I don't, he did I, come through the I way that don't we thought. Dis- I don't disagree with you, but I, I take my odds of Ryan Braun being consistent for the next... Maybe you don't get that one Hanley year that you get out of Hanley, but I take my consistency... Consistency. But you also only have two more years on Hanley, too. Now, here's the well, thing. And that's why you have to I, give it, now you, But now you get five years tell of... Tell me this, though. Tell me this. If you're in the middle of the, those negotiations right now, all right, you say you're sitting there. We say, oh, we'll take Braun and Lucroy off your hands if that's what you want to do. If you want to keep Lucroy, fine. If not, then otherwise we'll take both I know. Of them. I'm taking Braun and Lucroy because we'll I'm, what you, I've heard is Braun, if you're cut. taking Braun, they're cutting money. So they want to get rid of Lucroy, too. And they're, and they're getting rid of Lucroy, so, too. All right. Then, then, but, then that, and, and, that's the situation. And the thing that works out is because they can now justifiably, as a Red Sox, you can say, I'll I'll take all that money. You have to take all of Hanley money, Hanley's money, but Hanley's money is done in two years. You're done with this money now. Yeah, and then that's... Hear me out. If I'm in Dave Dombrowski's seat, I basically approach it this way. We'll keep Hanley because we need someone at first. And we like him at first. You take Sandoval. That's that's three year. That's one added year. So if which you makes get, it a little bit more difficult. Okay, but if you but, but if you give Sandoval take, now, you're looking at giving up a Mankato or you're, I don't think you'll have to give up Mankato. I don't think you'd have to go that high. I would say, but you're, now you're giving up prospects that you don't want to give up. You're gonna have to give. Yeah, you'll have you're to gonna up. have to give one of them up. So are you gonna give up a major league ready guy that can help you win for the next two you're years? You're giving up Swihart. Swihart. So start say say Sandoval is our our money equaler. You're okay. going to take that guy for the next three years. You're going to deal with that shit for the next three years. Yeah, and maybe, who knows? Maybe he regains some level of form of what he was in San Francisco. <laughs> yep. But you regardless. get Swihart, young catching prospect, who's going to start catching for you. He will start immediately, and then at that point, that's where you start the negotiation. You're basically saying, okay, here's Henry Owens here or Brian Johnson, one or the other, whichever one you want to do. I would prefer Henry Owens at this point because I haven't seen any reason why he's going to be a star. Guess, well, guess, you, guess. You, you, well, then you're gonna be stuck with Henry Owens because I guarantee you, even though Milwaukee Brewers, even though Milwaukee Brewers suck, fine. they're gonna take the better of the two. Brian Johnson's number six in that in that cl- in the their minor league system right now. He's the number six prospect that they have. Take Brian Johnson. We have this guy named Joe Kelly who we're not gonna use in that starting staff again. Why don't you take him too? One year, I do that all day. Money's gone, and 
on top of that, we have to find one or maybe one more top 10 prospect or two lower end prospects to dump, to dump in there outside the top 10. They got a guy named Sam. I think, I think that's a, asking too much. They've got a first baseman named Sam Travis, who is a solid bat. I think he's number eight or number nine in their, in their minor league system. They have a, a guy who's been dropping for the last two years in their minor league system, another lefty, Trey Ball. I have no problem dishing that out there. And these are all top 20 prospects and guys who, let's be honest, Milwaukee is probably going to put these guys into AAA and is probably going to have them in their starting major league well, roster a, next year. Well, this, this is the whole thing with Milwaukee with that trade is – Milwaukee wants young talent to put into the Major League roster now. With that said, you're not getting young talent, Xander Bogarts or Mookie Betts. No. But you're looking at Yohan Moncada. Yeah. Would you trade, how about this, would you trade Brock Holt in that deal to get Yes, yes. So let's say it's Holt, you get, Sandoval, you get Off your Major League Swihart. roster, you're giving up, you're giving no, up Swap. Swihart's kind of on you, the Major League roster, but. Off the Major League roster. You get Swihart, Holt, Sandoval. Henry Owens. Or Brian Johnson. We'll say Brian Johnson just because. Brian, and Joe Kelly. Brian Johnson. Two out of those Kelly. three. Two out of those three. I do that I do that deal every day. I don't think it's totally crazy. If you're the, taking on Lucroy and Now like you said, now you're stuck with Lucroy, but you, Would you send would you send um well, you're already sending I'd almost I'd almost either I'd almost even take another contract off them with that price. To get Ryan Braun, give me another stupid contract that you have for two well, years. I would, I would say you probably have to send him Ryan Hannigan the other way. No, because they'd want... No, you can't. Because he's a one-year, though. He's done at the end of the year. And I don't think he's making anything. He's making two or three million. Or actually, he's probably making close to five million because that's the average in the MLB. No, right no you have to keep Hannigan because he can catch the knuckleball. And by catch the knuckleball, I mean his back. Lucroy's a good defensive catcher, though. I think he'd be just fine doing that. See, I, I think Lucroy's the odd man out there. Then you, have, then you have to figure out what you do with Lucroy. How you cut him. Yeah. No, no, no. Buy him out. Buy him out. That, that's honestly what it is. So you... But but that's the whole precipice of this trade is you're taking the money off of them, and they're you're trying they the whole thing with that is it comes down to you're taking the money off of them with the understanding that they're taking years off of you. No, you're taking years off of them, and they're taking money off of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah I mean, that makes sense. They're taking Sandoval's money, but. You, you're you're taking the years of contracts that they've got, right? And then it comes down to okay, how can we finagle this and even this out? Because obviously Ryan Braun's a better player. How can we do this in a way that yeah, we already have the agreement that we're trying to both help our financial situations out here. How can we do this evenly to make up for that last um, aspect, which is that talent on the field? Like I said, you give up a. You give up two out of those three pitchers. Who two out of those three pitchers are major league ready? Are they going to be good pitchers? No, but they can go start for the Brewers right now. No. You, and you give up Swihart. He's a major league catch, major league ready catcher right now. Yeah, no defense to him, but very offensive. You're going to get production out of him. Yeah. If you throw Brock Holton, I'd almost throw Jackie Bradley in. Whoa, what? I'd almost throw Jackie Bradley in, and this has nothing, and I'm not turning this into a, I don't think that his hitting is going to hold up thing. I'd almost, my problem is I love that defense too much. If they said no deal. Bruce Castillo. You can't do that because they're already taking, they're already taking Sandoval. And that's the, that's the whole thing. Maybe, well, maybe they keep Sandoval in Hanley and Bruce needs the money that they take. Yeah. You you go brawn for Rusny straight up position wise. Yeah, 
You know, and then now now you have to make up for the talent other ways. Jackie Bradley's one to me that I wouldn't like to see go, but if they were like no, well, I want Jack. I want Jackie Bradley. If you put him into the deal tomorrow, I think the whole entire dynamic of that trade changed. I think at that point it's Jackie Bradley and Blake Schwier two for two almost. No, 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 no. You need to give him more than that. You need to give him more than that. At that point, you need the, the, to give with more how that. hot that you're looking at Bradley as. I don't know, but yeah, I know. Well, and that goes in my holding. That's why. That's why I'm putting Hanley and JBJ in this. Try to let the dumbass team take him now. I, I like Jackie Bradley's defense a lot more than I like Hanley right now, and I love Hanley, but try to capitalize on some stupid fucking team saying, oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you so-and-so. Wait, you're going to give me Ryan Braun for Hanley Ramirez and Jackie, would you do Hanley Ramirez and Jackie Bradley Jr. straight up for Ryan Braun? With... No. no, no, I don't. Think, oh, see, Pelle, I, I don't that's th- I disagree. I don't think he's replacing the offense that you get from both of them. I think, I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. I think he does. What? Okay. Well, what is Jackie Bradley Jr. going to finish with for his end of year stat line? And what is Hanley Ramirez? I think if I think if Jackie Bradley Jr. finishes batting two sixty, I think that's a good year for him. But you realize if he bats two sixty, he's batting around two ten for the rest of the year. With how many home runs and how many RBIs though? Five more home runs and 50 RBI. Not even 50 RBI. So call it 40 RBI. 40 RBI. All right. And what do you get from Hanley at the rest of the year? Hanley, you're getting a shitty first base, and you're getting somebody who's going to get... He's not shitty. He's been fine. He's been okay, you're getting somebody. you're getting somebody who in the middle of July is going to go down on the 15-day DL because he doesn't want to play. In the middle of a pennant race? I don't, I don't know. That. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't I, would, I would do that right now. And you're, what you're getting back in Braun is... Very solid. Yeah, what you're getting back in Braun is an MVP candidate right now. And, right now and, and for the next the three worst, years. One of the worst left fielders in baseball. He's I not very poor. Who who very who was poor. the worst who was the worst left fielder in Major League Baseball between nineteen ninety seven and two thousand five? Um Talent wise. Talent wise. Ta- like the worst The worst Troy O'Leary, right? Manny Ramirez. Manny played right in Cleveland all those years. Stop it. Stop it. You're going to throw... You're going to throw... No. You mix it up. You throw Braun out there and left. And you let him learn the wall. He's fine. I would take Braun right now straight up for those two. Straight up. I would you not. dish a contract. You dish a contract. Braun has got more... Pot- I think you're carving two two players out of a lineup that's already doing just Okay, fine. well, you know what? Mark this down, Carl. Think- May 12th. In May 12th, by June 12th, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s batting average will be below 280. One month from today. Okay. June 12th, not July 12th. June 12th. Okay. Jackie Bradley Jr.'s... June 12th? And if... And if... June 12th. And if it is still above 300, then I will say that I was completely wrong on Jackie Bradley Jr. Hold on, hold on. And then he'll start sucking, but... Hold on, June, June 12th. June 12th, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s um, batting average will be below 280 for the year. JBJ. I know, he, I know he's... Pelly. I was listening what? to Felger. I was, what? 280. 280. I was listening to Felger and Maz. For the past 30 years, there are 1,652 people eligible for the worst batting average over the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. Guess who came in 
1,649. Jackie Bradley Jr. Even with this hot run. Even with this hot run. Based off of his first however many at-bats. 500 at-bats is the minimum on it. Jackie Bradley Jr., his hot streaks, he's batted 426 in 56 games in his career. You take his best 56 hitting games, he's batted 426. In the other, I believe it's just over 200. I don't know the exact number. I want to say 212. Give me one one or two games on that. He's batted 186. Yeah, he, no, he's been atrocious. So, so, well, no, but am I taking, has it, has it, am I, what, what sample size am I taking, Pelly? Am I taking the 200-game sample size or the 50-game sample okay, size? Okay, yes, true, but are you also taking a sample size that is a little disproportionate in the sense that... Oh, don't give me worst, now that he's starting to see pitches because the whole lineup's all that fucking good. Don't give me that. No, I think he's closed his stance up. That was the biggest thing. Honestly, when he came up, I said, why is he so open? And he was All right, so fair open. Enough. He fair closed enough. the stance fair up, enough. and he's starting to spray the ball to the opposite field. Now, do I think he's going to be a 300-plus hitter MVP candidate? Uh, fucking no. No. Thank you. Thank you, Barack. Um, Goodell. It's good to, uh, well, <laughs> do you, basically the same person. You would rather you would rather have you. It's not. A, it, it, you would rather read. you would rather have offensive first base and the potential of what no. Jackie Bradley Jr. can be in right field or center field. Actually, yeah. Move Travis Shaw to first base, have Brock Holt play third then. You think Brock Holt... No, no, but I mean, that, that's a filler. You are number one person that I, I would I, say I, I, Brock Holt is not an everyday guy. Oh, I know. I, I say that all the time. I don't know. I, I, don't I, I think you're you're weakening, your, weakening yourself in another part of the I think your you're field. weakening yourself a lot less than trading for Mike Trout. That's all I'm saying. Oh, he said Mike Trout, not Ryan Braun. I think you're weakening yourself a lot more than if you did this crazy fucking trade for Mike Trout. I think you don't win a World Series for 15 years if you do that. You trade for Mike or uh, for Ryan Braun. I think you won one in the next five. <laughs> Fact, not opinion. Fact. Fact. That's like the Kevin Durant thing. Um, I'm done though. I'm, I'm. I had a couple other ideas. We're running late on this topic, so I don't want to. Go any further. No, we'll we'll get more into more. Talk, we'll get more we'll, into trades. Socks, assuming they play well, we'll keep talking about them all summer long. Yeah, but they're staying but if in you, the I want them to make a move. I want them to make a move for a pitcher. But if we're going to talk about that's outfield, the thing. I just, that, that's the the outfield is the only other spot if, where there's a glaring weakness. So if we're going to talk offense, we're going to talk outfield. I would much rather I would much rather make it work for Ryan Braun than I would trying Here, to make it work for Mike Trout. Here's one last question for you. They're talking about moving up within the next week or so, Andrew Benintendi to the Double uh, A. You're talking about a guy who is the oh, number one in, in well, you NCAA want to have a Double A, Triple A, Single A baseball? Talk? No, no. I'm, well, saying, I'm, he's I'm just the saying, number three prospect. For I'm the just sauce. saying real quick. I'm just saying real quick. Everybody says all the prospects play now in Double A. Mm-hmm. Will they play against other prospects? How many prospects go to AAA and fail because they can't play against 4A players, if you will? Yeah. The AAA players are professional baseball players who are just either are just on the cusp or they're raking until they're 35 taking the fat paycheck because they're good at what they do. AA players mean nothing to me. Nothing. Single players mean even less to me. So if you're going to tell me now, oh, Benedetti's coming up to AA and he kills it, I want to see him on Pawtucket all next year, and I want to see if his batting average is the real well, I'm, I'm saying within the next 
month or so, we're gonna we're probably well actually within the next couple of weeks, we're gonna see him in double A. He's gonna be playing against comparable talent. I will probably see him once or twice a summer because I will be going out to the Portland Sea Dogs again this year. Perfect. And so. then at that point, if he's still raking, we could see him in triple A by midsummer. We're talking about a guy in the second half of the year might have a legitimate shot at being able to get to the major league roster if things are still he won't get to the major league roster if they're a playoff team. If they've got a forty minute roster and they're out of it, he'll make it just to see some pitches. But... Right. All right. All right. Oh, look at that. That's weird. Uh Haley's on first right now. Got another single. Weird. Uh just so everyone knows, pitching line. I cannot wait until I'm right about the socks this <laughs> year. Six and two thirds from uh David Price tonight. Struck out twelve. Pretty good. Pretty good. Only one run given up, so it looks like he's in line for a win unless the Sox absolutely implode. That ERA is going to go from 6.75 to, off the top of my head, I believe that'll come down to the low sixes, maybe high fives. Good. Good for a $31 million a year pitcher. Uh, Keep going, Sox. Uh, ooh, another. This is a triple right into the corner. Knig's corner. Oh, Hanley scored a run. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Looks like he blew out a hamstring, though. God, he's such an ugly runner. He just does not look very comfortable. He's no, not. no. He doesn't look comfortable, period. <laughs> he has those big dreads that really get in his way, and his very helmet heavy. always falls off. Very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. I remember another Ramirez that used to have dreads. Yeah, I know. He was awesome, though. He was. Can't wait till I get my dog named after him. <laughs> hey, Manny. <laughs> what did he even say? Oh, what does that mean? Travis Shaw's one who had that. Uh, Hola. 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 What does that even mean? It's crazy, man. He's crazy. All right. MVP talk then. MVP talk. That's the other conversation I want to have tonight. Um, really, it's... Start- I feel like we've done this before. We, we, have we before, haven't done it in a while. Not though. really. But I don't think we've ever done it on Off the Wagon. We've had a lot of private conversations about it, but um, me and JP have conversated about it, if you haven't already picked that up. But um, I'm probably going to say the exact opposite argument that I said last time, because we were probably very drunk, and I forget what I said. Fantastic. <laughs> that makes for a better conversation. Um... Stephen Curry wins the NBA, NBA MVP second year in a row and was the first unanimous MVP in the history of basketball or the history of the NBA in terms of the voting and the, the writers voting and all that stuff. Um, not that it, impressive. Not I, it, Well, in, impressive in, in a sense that's the first in time the, it's ever it, happened. At least in the NBA. Right. And it's the first time that that's ever happened. It's actually the third time in the history of North American pro sports that when the writers have been involved that it has happened. And the two others, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, yeah, I was and, just, and Wayne, Gaza, Wayne Gretzky, Gazaretsky. yeah, Wayne Gretzky, 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 Paulina Gretzky, <laughs> yes, she wins, she's the real, she MVP. wins, she she's wins. the real MVP, Is, yeah. Um, but Curry went to second in a row. Obviously, phenomenal season for him. Record-setting year for the Warriors themselves. He goes for thirty points a game. He, I believe, is the first NBA player in the history of basketball to score. 35 po- or I'm sorry 30 points a, g- a game when averaging less than 35 minutes a game so if you break it down he's almost scoring a point per minute that he's actually on the basketball court are we looking at a legend with curry yeah he's changing the game honestly the conversation would be way too long for the way that Pelly hates him Pelly I- hates him I'm I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. R- regardless the way, of the way the game, how is many Kevin Reeves have you had? You're sounding drunk over there, Carl. Oh, I'm, I'm drunk. drunk. <laughs> I'm, 
barfed on my computer about a half hour ago. Usually, usually, usually I'm the one slurring my words and everything. Now all of a sudden, Carl's got his big eyes out there. He's, he's, he's looking all happy. Though. He's got a good question. <laughs> yeah. No, I like the question. Um, we got to get you drunk more often, Carl. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> he gets involved. <laughs> um, with the way the game is played nowadays and what he has done and what he's done for his team, yes. I, I would say yes. I, I'm a basketball purist. I think... It's a horrible disservice to basketball as a sport, the way that things have happened. But it's not... I, I can't hold it against Steph Curry. I can't. He's doing things that have not been done before. He's playing the game and playing a style that has not been played before. And I have to respect him for it. My problem is, I think the NBA diluted itself to the point where it's no... There's, there's no strategy involved in basketball anymore. It's AAU ball. It's run up and down, shoot the ball, be be more athletic than the other team, and that's going to win 98% well, of the time. And it's I, unfortunate, but Pel- Pelian, I can't hold it against Curry. Pelly in general, when it comes to basketball, I know this about him. Or no, I, I'm sorry, not basketball, just sports in general. He's the type of person that says... A great player is somebody who transcends the game, changes the rules of the game. Yes, yes. Now, S- Steph Curry, we're still very early in it. Who knows? And maybe he blows out his knee next year and never plays again. Right. And I, I'm not wishing that on him. I like the I like the kid. I like the player. But Steph Curry's the type of player that now all of a sudden people might think about moving the three-point line back because of him. Right. So if all of a sudden he does that and he changes, if there's a Steph Curry rule... Literally moving, game change. Literally changes the way the game is played every single yeah. day. And he already kind of has in a sense right. that teams are now built... Right. They're built and, from the perimeter in in now, opposed to as where opposed to you used to have basketball built from the, the baseline out in terms of you start right. with, we need a good center, we need a good power forward, we need a good... You know, small forward and used when to build go, out. Right. We can deal with having an average shooting guard point guard combination because we have those big physical guys right. who can right. go inside and batter and play basketball. And the the thing is, the NBA has changed so drastically that a big guy who can't shoot is no longer considered a commodity. You could have Shaquille O'Neal in today's NBA, and I don't think if you if he was a rookie tomorrow yeah. and he was the first guy out on the in the NBA draft. I don't think he'd go first overall. His shooting percentage would be just as good as Steph Curry's, but Steph Curry makes threes. Exactly. So when you look so at you it, extra point so you get the extra point after the three. I'm He's, not. I'm not going to compare, but I'm sure I'm going to get attacked for it. Sure. But I would rather. I would rather sit down and watch Steph Curry. Yeah. Than, than. No, see, the, I'm the, ca- the casual basketball fan. Absolutely. Well, I, 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 I would, I, I would rather, I would that. rather, I would rather that than I would rather watch like the the major guys. I would rather, I would rather watch Steph Curry because it, it not thing, only the, the not thing, only does he not only does he play the game, but he also plays the game in a team. The yep. thing, the you know, thing he that, doesn't play certain. The thing with Steph Curry with me that got me away from the NBA was it got to a while where I'll use LeBron. But there's more than just LeBron. I wasn't going to say Durant. the name. But. You know, there's Durant. Whereas give the ball. Mentioned. Whereas give the ball to LeBron. Watch him dunk. Now on the other team, you go down and watch him dunk. Now all of a sudden, Steph's coming out there. Steph can dunk. He doesn't dunk. He doesn't get close enough to the rim to dunk. No. He doesn't get in the paint. You're just like, I'm, I'm a small little kid out here. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're a big goon. Yeah, come come on, follow me. I'm making a three in your eye, and I'm making the free throw. Right. Let's go. I'll do four-point plays all night. As a third-party basketball fan, in general, that's what I am. Steph is very interesting to me. But I also understand, knowing you now for 10 years, you know, uh, knowing Nick Brown and Johnny, other people who 
turn me on. I learned basketball. I learned how to play. Not that I play, but I learned the concept of playing basketball yeah. from you guys. I understand why it's frustrating, but I look at basketball the same way that I look at soccer. And I know, obviously, our majority of our the people who listen to this show don't really give soccer to sniffs. Unless you listen to Off the Pitch. You, you can find us at OTP Soccer Talk on Twitter. <laughs> we had a great show tonight. We talked about Bowling Ground's final game. We talked about the big move from the New England Revolution today, picking up Kai Kamara from the Columbus crew. And... Europa League. Oh, that's right. Liverpool has a big match coming up next Wednesday that we talked about. They're probably going to lose. It's okay, though. Um, shameless plug for the week. Um... <laughs> But with that said, I I just look at both of those games kind of interchangeably for me because I become probably close as close as a fan as I have to those two as anything, and my understanding of the sports I think is pretty good on, on both occasions. I mean, basketball obviously a little bit better in the sense that I actually lived it for the right, most part. You played it, yeah. And the issue I have with basketball and and the issue that I have with sports is that there is a certain level of changing that has happened by outside forces that aren't the game itself. Well, that's why Major League Baseball is going to go down. We need to do a Major exactly. League Baseball show. I, I just have I have this huge problem with sports that have identity crises and they want to put up more points. They want to be more exciting. They want to be more fast-paced or whatever it is. If but, you watch the NBA, and I'm sorry, but if you watch the NBA back in the 90s, there was no better product Maybe the 80s, but there was no better product than watching the Bulls, the Orlando Magic, the Houston Rockets, the the Knicks, the No Detroit Pistons? Not in the mid-90s. They kind of felt... I mean, after Thomas blew out his ankle in the early 90s, that was kind of the end of it, but... Well, you said 80s, too. Yeah, in the 80s, too. If you want to put the... the, (laughs) Well, yeah, absolutely. If you want to roll back even that far, the Pistons, the Lakers, the Celtics of the 80s, all of those teams... You're going for a layup, hard foul, you're not making it. The Hawks. The Hawks with Dominique Wilkins, fantastic team. The 76ers, when they had Moses Malone. These teams, they were very deliberate in their approach because of the fact that you had more tactic... And that's a, that's a soccer word for the people out there. You have more tactic to the way you approach the game. It used to be we come down the court, we set up flying a, V. We set yeah, we set up <laughs> we set up in a play, and we execute Knuckle the play. Puck. And now you're at a point where the NBA is no longer set up a play. There's no place to see and, who and can out dribble somebody. It's, exactly, it's, it's out dribble and shoot. You have teams that either ISO with one talent every team, or you have. They'll run a spread uh, dribble drive offense who they look for the guy who's going to have the open three. They'll send The Hawks with Kyle Korver. Right. <laughs> or it's considered a quick hitter from, from a basketball perspective. That's your quick hitter. One screen, boom, get the ball to that guy. They're shooting. And occasionally you have a team like the Spurs where they'll grind a little bit of, of an offense. But even they, they're not going to wait until the shot clock gets down to five seconds to find their shot. They're going to do it at 15 seconds. They're going to do it at 10 seconds. They're not going to wait for the thing to grind itself out. And the NBA has gone so far away from coaches having to think about a play to basically. Well, because if we, if Brad we, Stevens we sucks. Talent, that's it. My shameless, my shameless Celtics plug sucks. Um, yeah, but or my shameless Celtics suck plug. Brad what? Stevens, terrible coach, terrible coach. See, I, I completely disagree. But regardless, <laughs> it. Uh, it can you can you not disagree with the fact that maybe it comes down to like where we are as a generation in the sense that like you see most of the game online? Well, you see yeah, the well, highlights. No, it, hold well, on, you no, see, no, the, but that's what it is. Hold that's on, what he's saying. hold on, 
hold on. But you see the highlights. You see you see these yeah. things, and and it can go it can go the same way with with hockey. It comes down to a fast paced game, and it comes down to who you know. Who Basketball's can... not a fast paced game, though. That's a problem. Yeah, but it can be, and that's I feel it like it can that's... be. But that's a tactic of basketball. But, Do you and, want to be a exactly. fast break? And 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 I feel like maybe that's where a lot of a lot of cities are going towards. But why are they doing break. that? Though? It's I don't I don't think it's a I don't think it's a right way, but I think it's a way to make, make a lot money. of people. It's a way to, to make a lot of money. But it's that's a, the point. That's, that's, that's no, my I, point. I, is I that right? Yeah. You you as someone who I mean I don't know what your yeah, basketball nothing. Fan, yeah, <laughs> so call it zero to nothing. start with. You're not a huge basketball fan, but you watch Steph Curry. You watch the Golden State Warriors. It's fun to watch. I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm not saying that right. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, these guys are bombarding from the outside. They're making quick cuts into the you know into the paint. They're getting back backdoor screens, all this stuff. But being a basketball guy who has gone through a lot of the rigors of understanding basketball, it's and almost, still sucking at it. By and the way, still sucking at it. Being very fat <laughs> but, at this point, but it's unfair to watch a game that you, the NBA game is nothing like what you would actually play but in a high school men's league or yeah. if you were right, in high school. Right, yeah. right. I right. nothing like I that. I understand that. But at the same it's time... It's like you said, AAU basketball. Right. But at the same time, if you're going to talk about the MVP, you got to talk about an MVP that knows how to work that game. Well, so you're well, talking about... Well, hold, on, hold on. No, hold on. no, no. Well, now, now, hold I'm, on. I'm, let me fucking talk. <laughs> I'll let you fucking talk, Carl. I'm, just, I'm using this as a reason why he shouldn't have been the unanimous MVP. I'm just saying, let, like, let me, let me okay, just say... Okay, go ahead. Talk. That Steph Curry at least knows how to play the game the same way that people want to watch the game. No, I think people want to watch the game because of Steph Curry, not because Steph Curry is playing a certain style. But I think I think he knows the difference between the two. I think no, he see, knows- I don't think on the basketball court he's thinking about, oh, I'm going to make this three. I think that that's just the way that he plays the game. And people want to see that because nobody's seen that before. And that's a... Interesting thing about Steph Curry is nobody's seen a six-two guard dominate games ever. What Jordan was six-six, right? LeBron, you're looking at LeBron Steve, now, six-eight. Steve Nash was probably the only guy that I could, in the immediate thought process. In the, but but Steve Nash didn't dominate the game by scoring. He dominated the game passing. by yeah. by passing. True. And so he's a Steph Curry. It's interesting to watch. He's not playing. He's playing the game for him to be successful. He's not playing to say, "Oh, I want Carl to buy my jersey." He's playing because I'm not. I'm not way, saying that's the way. But he's, he's playing. that's the only way he's going to win. That's I'm the only way he's going to win. I'm, I, yeah, and that's and that's where it comes down to. I'm saying he's playing a game that's different from right, right, the right, re- right. And he should not that, have been a unanimous then, MVP. And, though in that, I think I think you're giving a little less credit to to the people that watch basketball i know i completely i give i give less credit to the people who watch basketball because of steph curry i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I one of those i'm i'm, I'm one right. of those people i am one of those people well, here's, i think when there's a good team i think when there's a good team regardless if you're talking about if you're talking about steph curry or you're talking about the celtics like four years ago i think that if if there's a good team, I think that fans, you know, gravitate towards non basketball. Non basketball. There's two things that I want to pitch at that. One, the NBA changed their game to suit what it is that Steph Curry does, and and Steph Curry is the first one we've seen take advantage of it. And I think you're right in that sense. But we're looking at it in a sense of if you were to convert this and say the NFL, 
What has the NFL done to change their game? Pass interference every exactly. fucking play. You Pass cannot be. Play. You cannot be a true defender. And the New England Patriots of two thousand two, when they won that first title, would New- never win a championship again. They they ever. they never win a game. It'd be they pass interference every. They, it'd be pass interference exactly. every single time down the field. Touch and now you're on your own one yard line touchdown. And to me, that's what the NBA has done to '90s basketball. You can't have a grinder team. Even the 2007 Celtics who won. I don't think they'd be that good in this new environment in the NBA. No, because I think it, it is too. There's too much grinding. There's too much physicality. There's too much of that element of the game that has just been eliminated it is because a, they don't want the game slowing down. They want a track meet with jump shots from the outside, and they want to see that scoreboard go up and up and up and up and up and up and up regardless. But that's, they but don't that's, care. And, and the casual fan wants to see that, and I'm fine with that, but that's not basketball. my issue is this, and this, has been, this is my new thing, and... JP called me out on it in the beginning of this segment, and I think he's very right in it in a sense that I have always been someone who say greatness is based. You have always said that, and it's very true. And I will not shy away from it. Greatness is about, or especially in a player context, is about a player who can change the game. I don't think a player changed the game. I think it was the league who changed the game. And the unfortunate part is, a league that changes the game because they don't like their identity is. The biggest fraud thing see, I've ever seen. See, no, see, th- th- this is what I think. So, Steph, I think Steph Curry should change the rules of the game. Right. Back to three point line. Hold on, hear me out here. Back to three point lineup, five feet, whatever it is. Sure. Okay. But the problem is with the league now at this point, because do you think the NBA now is going to back up the three point line because of Steph Curry? Mm-hmm. No. no. No, they want more Steph Curry's and go off and make the scores 150 to 150 a night. Yeah. Right. Back in the 60s and 70s when Bill Russell was playing, Wilt Chamberlain was playing, they changed the rules because it was unfair to have a 7'4 guy out there yeah, swat everything and dunk it. defense was zapped. But, the, right, but this right. is the thing. Is, is You also have to understand that like times have changed since then. You have well, multiple for the poor, different... For the, po- for the, for the, for the poor, the... maybe, but you also have to understand whether or not... like it's well, And that's poor... why sports in general... That's why sports in general, Carl. Let we're going to have this discussion one night. We're going to have an off the wagon. We have an off the wagon. Me, let... Sports are going to shit episode real soon. Let me let me, let me let me just say that you know there there are plenty of times yeah you can look back at a Bill Russell's time and you can say that the way he changed sports is is important but at this point there are so many different angles that you can see sports now you can see it on TV you can see it live right. you can see yeah. it online you can see it post regardless at this point, like it, it comes more down to the fact that it's not just who's gonna look at the game on TV and who's gonna read about the game in the newspaper. Well, and now there's multiple different places, so now there are multiple. So different who's factors the most? So who's the most valuable player? Player then, Steph Curry or Russell Westbrook? For because now I'm transitioning right now, and hear me out. No, no, stop, Carl. Who's the most valuable player? Who's Steph Curry or Russell Westbrook? You can get stop. A, answer my answer my question. Steph Curry or Russell Westbrook? Who's the most valuable player? It doesn't matter for me. No, no, it doesn't I matter know, for me. And it Carl, doesn't matter for Coach. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know why it matters? Why? Because you know nothing about Russell Westbrook's season. All you know is Steph Curry. So who's the most valuable player in the NBA, Carl? Steph Curry, because he sold the most jerseys this year. He's changed the game, making people like me watch who hate the game of basketball because of people like Pelly. He's the most valuable, and that's why he won the first unit. He didn't win the first unanimous MVP exactly. in in 
NBA history because he had such an unrealistic season. He won it because he made them the most amount of money. And that is the shittiest reason for any... That's not why I watch sports. That's not why I watch sports. That's not why I'm here with you guys talking about sports. That's not why I get drunk at bars and right. talk about sports. I talk about sports because of sports. Oh I don't talk about sports to say, Oh, Steph Curry's so good. Look, he made that three. Steph Curry made the NBA the most amount of money they've ever made in their entirety. And you know who's going to win next year? Steph Curry. Whoever. No. (laughs) LeBron. LeBron. Because LeBron's getting a brand new Coca-Cola deal and a brand new Dunkin' Donuts deal and a brand new (laughs) Nike deal. And he's going to make the NBA a whole fuckload of money. And LeBron shouldn't have won it. Steph shouldn't have won it. When it comes to on the court play, Russell Russell Westbrook was the MVP of the oh, league I this disagree. year. Was the MVP, and I think he was MVP. We can disagree on who it should be on the court. Steph Curry should not have won it on the court. But, but that. in the in, and that that's and that's, a, that's, that's a problem, Carl. That's a problem. And that's fine. You go and to that's any sport fine. Now. That's fine. But let me let me just let me just talk about the fact that it's not about. Yes, it's not about the player. Then don't I, watch sports. Hold on. Hold on. It's not about the player. But the other thing you have to address is that it's it because it's not about the player, it's about so many other factors. It's about the most valuable player. It's not even it's about, about the billions, valuable. billions and billions and billions of factors <laughs> that come in ones that you hum in strippers. Figure it out, America. I'm so happy. That's that, what sports have come to. I'm just, just so happy that, just, that just in my like, seat right now. Just yeah. he's in my seat. We've switched. I like this. <laughs> just, just, just let me say that it, it, it's come down to a fact that yes, it's it's not and, only and, and that like shut the fuck I'm up, God damn it! I'm not shutting up because I get it, Carl. I get it. And this why sports say it, something. This you said it five times. I'm saying it five times. This is come down the same thing. Where sports are gonna crash? It's like the housing market. Are you gonna go pay? Are you gonna go pay two hundred bucks to go to a Sox game in three years? What do you know you, about the housing market? Are you gonna go pay two hundred bucks to go you, to the Sox you game? Watch, you watch the uh, what was it? The, the big uh, yeah, short. The big short. Are you are you gonna are you gonna go to a Sox game in two years and pay two hundred bucks to go a game to go to go to a game? No, I'm not. No, that's no, that's not right. What, you're not. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. How many about. Celtics games you go to this year, Carl? Not what I'm talking about. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, how many it's not. Yes, it is. How many Celtics games you go to this year, Carl? Carl, how many Celtics games you go to this year? Nothing. Why? Because I don't care about basketball. Would you care if you could go in for free? Would you no. go? In, would you? Would you go in for free? No. You wouldn't go in if you could go in no. for free. See, I, I disagree. I, no, you, I you go. To, you, you and I go to Revs games because Rev games are cheap to go to, and you can tailgate for free. Correct. Correct. I go, I go in Correct. because I go in because Correct. yes or no yes or no Carl no no Correct. I go in because it's a good environment to go into I a don't Celtics, like the Celtics environment why is it a good environment why is it a good environment because it's actual people that care Celtics are actual people that care they just no. they pay one hundred fifty dollars no. a ticket to get in there no oh so you're racist yes <laughs> yes yes Carl's a racist <laughs> if you if you would at least let me talk for one second. I'm Talk for the past twenty minutes. No, you haven't let me talk at all. I let you talk all the time. You know what? Just let Pelly handle it. <laughs> exactly, I can talk handle it. All I know is I what I said about most valuable player, and I'm dropping the mic right now. I'm out. Um, hit us up at OTP Soccer Talk for the soccer show. Oh, I did two shameless plugs. That has absolutely nothing to do with the no. most valuable player. Most valuable player this year did not come down to the most valuable player to their team. Well, it came down to it, the most valuable player in the league, and. 
this is going to be the trend here I where, it, it, where it, the me, most profitable player for the league, that's who gets it. I agree with you. I'm out. Pelly, you haven't talked in a little bit. You and Carl can go back and forth for a little bit. I'm out. Fair we'll enough. see all of you next week. <laughs> Drop the mic, bitch. He's so angry. Um, I do agree with JP in a sense that I do think, especially in the NBA, it's become a marketability thing. It, it, it kind of feeds into what you were talking about, too, is that you're looking at kind of two different things being weighed. The actual, well, you're looking at the actual tangible game itself and saying, okay, the game was invented as put the ball in the, in the peach basket. That was it. You know, and stop the other team from doing it on your side. And the game has changed so drastically because of, I mean, some outside factors of, okay, we, we didn't expect seven footers to dominate the game. So they have to change the game. You have to have your zone defenses being outlawed or whatever it is, if that's the way that they look at it. But I look at it in a sense, I am a sports purist. I like the games as, okay, this was the original game, minimal changes, and you don't have to change for the masses. And that's what you're seeing with the NBA and with this MVP vote is that they're changing the game for the masses to be able to say, you know what? Steph Curry is a beautiful player to watch, and I don't deny that in any way, shape, or form. He's got talent that we have not seen before, and he's doing something that we have never, you know, in the NBA sense anyway, seen before. But would he be doing that if we took Steph Curry and we put him into the 1980s, um, you know, Detroit Pistons teams? I don't think so. And that's the thing with, you say MVP, I say MVP, and I value one point of that acronym. It's the V. What was his value? And I mean, we totally missed this. With <laughs> he, he, he kind of was starting to get there, but he missed it entirely. Is that when you look at an MVP of any league, it is the man who has the most value to his team. Steph Curry was off of that team, and I think they lost like what two games this year. Yeah. Like, what's what did you really lose with him not being in the lineup? That team is still one of your top three or four teams for an NBA championship, almost unquestionably. So. Who really had the most value? You take LeBron James off that Cavs team, that's that team's probably not making the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, who has the most valuable, you know, valuable asset to their team? That's the way I look at it. And I I see where you're going with it, but I also think that like so much quieter. I know. <laughs> but I, I also think that, you know, the that idea of value comes in a long term, like in a long term perspective, sure. So yeah, maybe maybe they can get along with you know uh, a, a couple game spree of of a few wins or at least whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. you know, what's the case if Steph Curry you know pulls his ACL and is gone from that team? You know, where is where is that team going to be without him? Even you know in a long term run, yeah. And and yeah, you can say the same thing about Cleveland. You can say the same thing about Golden State. But at the end of the day, too, you also have to understand that like times change, mm-hmm. the game changes, and and with those changes what, in that game is the players that come in in those times of transition. Like you can't just expect that you know the the same prospect of of who's gonna you know be at bat in in the same game as 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 babe ruth is gonna have the same impact as anyone that's out here you know what i mean and that's where i think an mvp comes from i think i think it comes from 
you know, someone that's in that time. And I think that's why it's very, very respectable why you look at undisputed MVPs as of right now. You look at Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. You yeah. know, he did his thing. You look at Tom Brady. And yeah, we're in New England, so obviously we might have a little bias towards Fuck that. Yeah, Tom. But at that same point, at that time, yes. And now, yeah, I think, you know, Steph Curry might be there. And it's tough because you look at Steph Curry, you look at, you know, other players in the game, but there's not only is there you know, and, uh, an attitude towards the play, but there's an, also an attitude off the court or yeah. off the field that allows them to show, you know, this isn't just about a game. It's about, you know, how people look at it. But unfortunately, a lot of that off the field game comes from money and it comes right, from, right. What, yeah. What's the personality the personality Exceed, isn't isn't court. genuine anymore, which is I think he's a great. I, like I said, I mean, I feel bad trying to bring him down in a sense that like he's an awesome guy. I got nothing against him. I think he's a family first guy. I think his father, Del Curry, who played in the NBA back in the nineties, was an awesome guy. And I think your point is very valid in a sense that who's utilizing and excelling in the game today. You can't really worry about yesterday and how it was played and, and all of that. I just. I have such a black mark against the, especially the NBA, because I was a basketball player growing yeah. up. That was my sport. That was what I loved. And for me to look at the game and the NBA's version of the game now, I can't recreate that playing basketball at a men's league. I can't recreate what they do at, you know, at any point in my career. Now, obviously, I'm nowhere close to being an NBA player, <laughs> but the game itself, the rules that they work by aren't the same as what you would get even on the college level and for me that's like d1 college players who i mean fight for well 10 years ago those guys that were playing in high school could go straight to the nba yeah they would be playing you know this basically the same game and now you're telling me that last step before being an nba player is that much drastically different by having your rule set change Overnight, as soon right. as you're drafted. And that, to me, is just incorrect. And, I mean, I guess it does happen to a certain extent in baseball. You go from aluminum bat to wooden bat. Right. NFL changes because you have – if you go down, you're down. You can't get back up and run or whatever. And, yeah, there's certain little rules like that. But the game itself, especially for me, for for basketball, it is just so relatable to me that this is a very simple game. And why we're sitting here seeing the NBA game, you can't have your zone defense. You can't – defend with a certain physicality that's been zapped from the game because of, of because of the fact that they need to get these guys their stats and that's the biggest thing for right. them now. And I think JP is very right in a sense that the guy who markets the game best is probably you know whoever is selling the most probably jerseys better off. I guarantee you, you go over the last 10 years whoever has been the number 1 jersey seller in each of those 10 years. Now obviously you would expect that that's going to be a good player, yeah. but in each of those years I guarantee you that number 1 guy has been within the top 3 in MVP voting every year. And that's, is it right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, yeah, people tend to gravitate towards the quote unquote best players in the league. But for me, the marketability is a big part of it. And I think JP's right in that. Now, I mean, your your aspect makes a lot more sense now that he left and allowed you to talk. <laughs> I, do, I do understand that now. I mean, because you can't, 
I can't sit here and compare 1960s Celtics against the Golden State Warriors because it is a different game in that sense. And I I know that, but being able to match one against the other has always been something that I've done because I said I, my thing is, can that guy thrive in any generation? That's what I've always based greatness off of. Can I take Bill Russell from 1960, you know, three and put him into the game today right. and think that he's going to thrive? Yeah, I think he would. I think he would still be a great but, player. But unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people think of it in that way. Right. I don't think. I don't that's, think a lot of people. That's put the quote that, unquote purist on my end. Exactly. Of things. So and I, I think JP's like that. And oh my god, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's going to yell. He's going to. Right, we'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I just had sex with Marge on the front porch, and you guys are still going. Yes. Jesus Christ. Well, your sex only takes about 60 seconds, so <laughs> give me a lot of credit there. A lot of credit on a, on a good day. Um, but no, I, I, I see both ends of that. I personally side towards if it's going to be an MVP in any league, in any, in any situation is that the value to their team is the number one thing, no matter what statistically, it doesn't matter outside of the game. doesn't matter if you took that guy off of that team, the person who's going to make the biggest impact on that team's success is ultimately the guy that I consider the most valuable player so jp on off the wagon so jp on his softball team <laughs> whatever the name of that team cucumbers so, again we are the cucumbers and i am having a babe ruth type of season my era is very low i've gone 10 for 10 with 12 rbis and a home run <laughs> just saying babe ruth written all over it eight and a half era in softball is phenomenal phenomenal i'm sorry we didn't hear that so you cut me carl <laughs> maybe you suck. <laughs> Bad man. So flatlined. Steph Curry. Unanimous MVP. Is it worth it? Oh, that's such a loaded question. Um, I mean, it's at the end no, of the season. I, if, Is if, it... if I was one of those people who was voting for MVP, I would say it was LeBron James. Just because I think if you take Seth Curry off of that that Golden State team, they're still one of the top three or four teams in the NBA. If you take LeBron James off of his team, they're not. Pelly, we can beg to differ. The only thing is I understand Steph Curry, why he should be MVP. I understand that. Yes, exactly. Russell Westbrook, he's my he would be my vote because he had a he had like fifteen triple doubles this year, averaged twenty five, eight and nine, I think. LeBron's numbers this year were twenty-seven, the, seven and seven. Are the Thunder still playing in the yes. Western Conference semifinals without without Russell Westbrook? No, you don't think so. Okay, no. so they, well, I mean, that's fair, most that's valuable, fair game. most that's valuable game player game. to the team. Right. LeBron, the Cavs, arguably are not in the Eastern Conference Finals, finals without yeah, LeBron. Exactly. And look at the Warriors; like. they're still in the Western Conference Finals. Without Steph, so exactly. who's the most valuable person that team? Out of those three, you can pick other names out of it, you know. But yeah. you know out of who, those three, I most valuable to his team. I don't think Steph Curry is it. You know who I we need to that. talk to in the off season? Who's that? Are the Causeway Street Brothers? I, I this think, is this is a conversation that I think I agree. I agree. Uh, and we have next week. Well, let's transition ourselves out of the show for the night. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone on too long. Um. Yeah, next week, uh, NBA Draft Lottery happens on the 17th, which I believe is Tuesday, if I had to guess. I'm not entirely sure. But the Celtics will be, obviously, they got the number three uh, overall in terms of the uh, draft lottery. Certainly going to be a lot of angst towards whatever happens there. 
but yeah, I think that's a good idea. We gotta get those those Causeway Street crazy guys back here. And I think on top of that, well, we didn't do it this week. I meant I promised last week I was gonna do it. We continue. Uh, I'm doing my NBA draft simulator right now. Draft simulator, yes, please. Last do. week, I believe the Celtics had the fifth overall pick from that. And they yes, drafted the, Buddy Heald. Because the uh, Philadelphia Phillies got another one. Yeah, you're screaming. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they went and got Heald. Um, so, yeah, the draft lottery comes up next week. We'll definitely talk about talk to the Pavones from CausewayStreetBlog.com. Uh, talk to them a little bit about the Celtics going forward. And obviously, I think this is a good topic for them. I think you're totally right on that one, Carl. I also am going to get a hold of Alex Johnson. We talked to him a few almost months ago now when yes. we talked about the NCAA tournament, a guy who was pretty close to the NCAA game and talked to him about some of the high-end prospects that maybe Celtics fans should be looking forward to and maybe some of the prospects a little bit later in the draft. They have, I think it's seven other draft picks after that Nets pick that's going to be in the top six. So certainly some prospects we should keep Real our eyes quick, on. Real quick, I'm pushing the play lottery button right now. Let's hear it. We are going through. And the Celtics are not anywhere on the list. That can't be right. They have to be one through six, unless they trade the pick. I have the 76ers, the Magic, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Knicks, the 76ers, Nuggets, Pistons, Hornets, Heat, Pacers, Jazz, Suns, Thunder. Oh, good. I think there might be a glitch there. They might have traded. Oh, this might be last year's. Oh, Carl good. Anthony Towns. Oh, good. I got the wrong one. Good job. My bad. Sorry, idiot. Can't figure it out. No. <laughs> no. You want to hit us up on Twitter? By the way, it's at OTW Sports Radio. We uh, oh, had got, a great week on on I, Twitter. I got it. I got it. Open for business. Drafting third overall. Bing. They take that big European dude who can apparently oh, shoot Dragon Bender. Yes. <laughs> Waste. I agree. We'll okay, see. now I'm officially dropping the mic. And with that, I think the rest of us will drop the mic as well. Uh, thank you all for listening again. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at OTW Sports Radio. Um, like I said, I think uh, next week is probably going to be an NBA heavy week with the uh, the draft lottery. Obviously, revisiting the Red Sox, another great win tonight. Put up another, I think, eleven runs, eleven to one win. David Price looking like he's starting to straighten things out. Certainly, conversate a little bit about that and uh, anything else in your week of sports. So, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. I like to sing.